Bang. The starting gun goes. Welcome to Critical Ditto. It's the 100 meter dash. I'm Stuart Clark. I'm going really fast. And next to me is Ali Hill. Oh god, I'm lagging! Ali Hill is playing the part of Kenny Mullet. Kenny Mullet is on a quest to find out more about his weird superpowers, helping him out, pushing him along this race. He has Bowtie the Dartrix, he has Moustache the Gyarados, he has Hoops the Salandit, he has Fedora the Honchcrow, and he has Swirly the Spiritomb, and he passes the baton over to David Leesley. Try not to chunder because they were out last night before this, which was a really bad decision, is David playing Theo, who's got on their team a Meditite, a Togekiss, a Swadloon, Swadloon, a Kabuto, a Barbarical, and a Jason the Combi. Oh, I think... And now I'm passing over the baton to my good old friend, Tom. Oh my god, I'm just trying to juggle the baton. I've got three batons already. Everyone keeps passing me the batons and I wish they would stop. When all I want to say is that I'm Tom and I'm playing Brandy. And Brandy has a, a, a wimpy called Baneri. No! Has a Baneri called Wimpy. She has a... Scroopy called oh, Tom, Tom's hit a hurdle there. <laughs> Tom, you've dropped your batons, mate. Pick them up. Pick up the batons. The Jamaicans are coming, Tom. They're coming. Quick, Tom. I've got a Pick the batons up. I've got a bunch that's called Snorleone. I've got a Meltan who I haven't named yet. And I've got a Bunnelby. And that's it. That's it from me, Stu. I'm just going to throw it back to you. Uh, I've caught it. I've got it. I'm, gonna, I'm going for the line. I'm going for the line. What's that, Stu? You're being followed by the ghosts of what happened last time. Previously on Critical Ditto... We find ourselves back on the Team Nautilus capital ship with most immediate threats neutralised. Brandy's want, I think, is to corner Cassius Flash. Are you my dad? No, Whiskey is my sister. It's best if I leave. Brandy jumps off the side of the ship. Kenny gets out the yoga mat and asks Moustache to paint something. (laughs) Moustache is now. A Gyarados. And the Gyarados catches up with Cassius Flash. I promised to bring him back and I have failed. Are you talking about Dad? Leo. Well... He was Cecilia. Calico enters this charge room. I'm a guy looking for some cash. Help me find the tome and you can have anything else you want. Brandy taps the Pokeball to Meltan. And the light encompasses Meltan and locks shut. How does one gain access to the Team Nautilus treasure hoard? (laughs) Somehow Calico has to do some sort of Nautilus... Dance? um, (laughs) Some sort of Nautilus dance. And as you reach out your hand, you see another hand reach out from the other side. Adri Fomansk. Look, we're both chasing the same thing. Let me come with you. The ship starts to rock a little bit. The Operation Ironclaw are now attacking the ship, looking to try and neutralise any threats that might be on it from afar. Tyronius, the ship is under attack. You want to be part of a team? Well, welcome to the Sir Floatzels. Now fly my ship out of here. Aye, aye, sir. So, the way we're going to start today is most of the Team Nautilus grunts uh, were on the mission and have scattered who knows where they've gone, but... There were a few Team Nautilus grunts that were left on the ship doing basic maintenance on the mast, the deck, you know, a a skeleton crew, if you will, left to tend the day. Uh, And they are still on the ship, so I think we will open with four Team Nautilus grunts basically basically working out what uh, what they're doing on the ship with the new new ownership. Is this wise? (laughs) 
<laughs> we'll see, Ali. <laughs> it's just a warm-up. It's a warm-up exercise. Okay. What uh, What do you think of my tan? That's really you... nice. Yeah. Really nice. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I might have spent a bit long in there. How have you managed to get a tan <laughs> just... whilst, you know, Elisa, uh, sorry, the Queen of the Sea has been making it rain all the time. Uh, There's been no sunshine. Tanning tent, baby. Tanning tent. They let you in the tanning tent. I broke it. I broke into the tanning tent. You broke into the tanning tent. Yeah, Elise well, will have your head. Look, I've been in there for about eight hours. What has happened? Because there's no storm now. Thought we thought we were raiding a train. Is that still on? Oh, honey. Oh no. We we lost big time. Oh, Shanti, stop it. Oh, you know it. Shanti, you, you are. Joking. You know it, Nikki. I, Nikki, Nikki the tanned. Do not yeah. be- do not believe you. Well, you better believe it, girl, because. It went all wrong, basically. Did Everything you... was going fine. Yeah. And then... <coughs> Shanti, you've got, to, you've got to cut down. We've, I know. We've, spoke, I... we've spoken about the Shanti. I know. I can't kick the habit, but... You Are you know. stressed? Are you stressed? I am now, because we got, like, a new captain, and, I mean, he, I know he's really attractive and talented and, like, probably the best person of the three. Okay. New king of the sea. New king of but, the uh, sea. What? Yeah, he, what? He, out of the three of them, he's clearly... He, like, he just would be everybody's favorite. I could just tell... Except maybe that that uh that androgynous one because <laughs> oh, oh I know that androgynous one you're talking about. Oh, the proper dishy they are, my absolute favourite. Well, if it isn't Hugh. <laughs> well, I think we can all agree that the pink-haired girl ain't got nothing going on. Wait, oh, so... I found her very, very abrasive on her few appearances <laughs> when I when she briefly passed down my galley earlier. Absolutely despised her. She punched me in the face. For the no, I said, I said hello, lovely to meet you my name's clive i'm head grunt down here and she punched me in the face and said get back to if work she, you grunt clive, oh, guys, guys. clive is on this ship clive clive's here clive's here look busy look busy you know what i mean Ooh, clive Ooh, bit oh okay bit well, that's, rude. Rude, that's rude guys <laughs> okay just because i like to get stuff done on the ship elisa left me in charge of the grunt I know. Of, st- the, of the team have you still got still team. got your checklist clive you still got Yes, I still have my checklist, and yes, it is depressingly blank because we have been scrubbing this deck for three days, and she's made it rain the whole time, so it's constantly getting dirty I again. I mean, this wood is basically rotten, but you know we gotta keep scrubbing because we've just grunts. Shanti, remind no, me, remind me, Shanti, do... what Pokemon are you using to scrub? Uh I am using. That's rude. We know Shanti is a one. That's very hard. <laughs> That's very harsh. I'm so sorry. I was racking my brains to try to think of any anything. Sh- that, is, that is very rude of me, Shanti. Remind me again what Pokemon you are. I am a Rotom that has possessed um, apparently some sort of robot. <laughs> <laughs> a robot. One of those like, floor robotic. buffing machines. Shanti, you're yes. my. I am. I am a Rumba that's been possessed by a Rotom. You're a Rotom Rumba. Shanti, I love you. You've got such a developed AI. Which this Rotom lived, you? you guys. Uh, Professor Tree, she really knows her uh, stuff. She does, she knows her stuff. We should rob her. We should totally no. rob her. No, we everyone... should. Uh, but here's the but problem we... we've got here now, boys. Are we even Team Nautilus anymore? That's a big question. Thank you, Hugh. Putting we... us back on track. Clive, because we... I mean, when all the members of the, of the famous band, the Sugar Babes, famously a, a Formian <laughs> band left, were they still even the Sugar Babes anymore? That's the real question we all had. Do we? And now it's the same. Do we form our own team? Team Rubber. Can we form our own? 
Well, it's definitely Wouldn't not it? Team Clive. <laughs> well, God, no. Can you imagine? Hold on a minute. I say put it into a vote. Everyone give me their ideas. I'll write them down. We'll have a secret ballot. And in three days' time, I'll announce the results. That'll be the easiest way to do it, I think. Okay, Hugh. Well, how about we not be boring and we just do something really fun, like kill each other to decide who wins? Okay, so we've got, we've, got, we've got Team Deathmatch for Hugh. Hugh, your bloodlust is insane. <laughs> Hugh, put down the scyther sword. Just please. <laughs> we need to get in with the new crew. We're not going to be able to take them down. We have to make ourselves invaluable. Otherwise, we're out on a job. I have bills to pay shotgun cleaning the floors i'm somewhat limited of course you're cleaning the floors you're a roomba rotom listen my vote is that we just we just chill on the deck we see what pans out maybe we get a bit of a tan because the storm has stopped nikki the tan that's what i say clive what do you think well it doesn't matter what you think (laughs) oh thick burn nikki (laughs) you know what as soon as the new captain As soon as the new captain comes down here, I am going to tell him everything you you three have been doing and that you're lazy and that actually you should all be fired except for me because I'm the one who does the work around here. I'm the one who makes the checklist. It's Team Nautil Us, not Team Nautil Clive. So I don't think you have to be going out all on your own, do you? Oh, another thick burn from Hugh. Shanti, Hugh, you are so good to have around. Hugh, stop <laughs> holding all of the weapons pointed at me. Please put them all down, Hugh. Hugh, how, how have nervous. you picked up an entire ballista? That's incredible. <laughs> I just suddenly feel like maybe I have an affinity with that pink-haired woman I saw earlier punching our friend in the face. Oh, wait, she was punching Clive. I love her. Thank God she was punching Clive in the face. (laughs) This is insubordination. This is technically mutiny. And you know what? Actually, we've had about three captains in the last three months. So I'm sure this merry band will be taken down almost immediately. We'll have a new boss. Do what you will down here. Okay, I'm going to actually try and make some form of impact on the ship and I take pride in my work, okay? Oh my like, god, Nikki, like I've just possessed the tanning booth. Girl, you gotta get in here. Oh my goodness. Yes, turn me up. Roast it's me. not your break. Roast me, Hugh, 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 baby, come on. Get in oh, here. I've been looking to get a little bit less pasty. Thank you ever so much. Hugh, Clive, oh, too. Clive, sorry, there's only two. There's only two beds. Oh, sorry, honey. Sorry. Hey, hey Everyone, you've who just, am I? Who just... am I? I take pride in my work. Oh my god, that is the third burn! Girl! Now burn me, Shanti, burn me. Sizzle, sizzle. How dare you? I am leaving and I'm going to the crying booth. I mean, not the crying booth, I'm going to the, the, the bar. Your bedroom? Out. Oh my god, I gotta burn in! I think I just ruined so, my voice forever. Yeah, you really, you really committed her early, didn't you? <laughs> I really did. What, three, three, four? No, no, three very dynamic cl- characters and Clive. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, this does propose a very large question is, are we now Team Nautilus? Have we, well, that... I think that's, maybe that's where should we start? Where, where do we think our main trio have gathered in the ship to have a discussion? And do we think anyone else is with them or is it just the main three? I feel like it's probably just the main three, right? We got some stuff we need to actually like plan and sort out. So just the three of you? Yeah. Okay, just so we know who else is in the ship other than those four Nautilus grunts. We've got Calico still there, Adria is still there, Melissa's still there, Tyronius is still there. Is that everyone? Oh, Kanan's still there. Kanan's still there and Elisa is still there locked up in some yeah. 
ship dungeon. Oh, so and we've quite... got the Numel and the Slowpoke as well. Numel and Slowpoke also on the ship in terms of unaccounted for Pokemon. So, Floatzels, where have you gathered on the ship to have your discussion, your conflab? Uh, I think the bowling alley. <laughs> Do you know what? I was gonna, I was gonna say a games room, so it's not a million miles away. That sounds perfect. Okay, <laughs> it, it's a, it's a bowling alley games room. I like that. So maybe there are some little air hockey tables as well. Pinball one, machine. One of those punching bags to see how hard you can punch. Have you got your bowling shoes on? That's the, that's the first big question. <sighs> Bradley refused to wear the, uh, the rental shoes. She just wouldn't do it. Theo is also refusing to do it unless there's a set of nice couture moccasins that could uh, uh, could be worn in this situation. Uh, roll for me, please, Theo. So it's a 2d6 for the, uh, yeah, for the couture roll moccasins. For, roll for moccasins. Uh, add your plus moccasins, David. Mm. That's a 6 plus 4 for a nice 10. That's a full success I'll on my what, couture Theo, moccasins. They are some very nice, very nice <laughs> bowling shows for there for you. They're some actually, lovely bowling moccasins. Thank you. Yeah, they're actually embroidered in your name. It's, it's odd. Oh, Weird. Yeah. Really Ooh. odd. Kenny was sad that he left his bowling shoes on the train, and then he realised he can just slide on the alleys in his socks. Uh, Theo, way more fun. You uh, you take a note out of the moccasins. It just says from Calico. Oh, Found this and I... thought of you. <laughs> I think we know Theo... who's two ships. <laughs> <laughs> Theo takes the note and uh, puts it in their breast pocket and pats it one time more than they normally do. My goodness me! Oh, my David, we're only three minutes family, of the episode. Family-friendly <laughs> podcast, everyone. Are you saying that gays aren't family-friendly, Clive? Get back to your homophobic. <laughs> Pride booth. <laughs> That's not what I said at all. Oh, classic Clive. <laughs> Guys, I don't know about you, but I swear I can just hear non-stop crying in the room next door. Yeah, I it tried to shut right him up. I just, I Brandy, did you, you did away. punch him, right? Yeah, I punched it. Well, uh, well, on 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 your orders, Captain, because you told me that you know whoever whoever steps out of line, I could deal with how I wanted. And yeah, it's a punching. God, I am not suited to leadership. <laughs> That's a terrible idea. Oh, Kenny, as as leader, as current captain of this ship, I guess you start this uh, this meeting. I I do. Thus begins the first meeting of uh, the ship. First things first. What are we going to call our new stolen ship? That is a good question, Captain, and I would defer that decision to the captain. Okay, this ship is called Kenneth Mullet. I panicked. No. I didn't think of anything. <laughs> no. No, I'm happy to call it's it... It's just a perfect I'm happy, name. I'm happy to call it something like just the mullet or the big mullet or Kenny's Shipping big mullet. Shipping McShipface? <laughs> name no, it I'm after a piece of clothing they're wearing like you do with everything else. Airy McFlying Tank? Airy McFlying Tank? Actually, that's pretty good. Airy <laughs> McFlying Tank? I, for some reason, our deity has said that that's a good decision. <laughs> no, I think our name should include a little bit of all three of us. Well, the... we can take the the from Theo. Um, oh, I like the, that. The, we can take the the the, the, the I from Brandy and the mullet from from Kenny. So I think we call it the eye mullet. The eye mullet. <laughs> I like it. I saw it on on a on a poor iPhone, and I thought that was cool. How about we go for your surprise surname and go for the flash mullet? The flash Brandy mullet is flash. good. That's the good. flash I mullet like is that. better. Yeah, can we can we just have a second to know that I met my uncle. A few hours ago, days. I don't know how long we've been on the ship. It's been a while. It's been I punched Clive a lot of times. I think it's. So. I think it's been about half an hour of of. It's been half you managed to get a lot of punches into thirty minutes. <laughs> I've never respected punched... you more, Brandy. If I'm honest. 
we now somehow seem to have stolen the, an airship that was being attacked by the League. So, for fugitives, hey, God, that's, once again, I guess, reassuring. Once again, should, we, should we call the people who employ us to see if we could get their other fellow colleagues to stop trying to kill us? Is that a thing we could try and do? I definitely think that that's works. on the to-do list. I'll write that down on the on the to-do list. Yes, Kelly, could if, you write uh, that if on you, the to-do list? No, because I'm captain, so you're you're kind of taking the minutes here, Brandy. Ship secretary. Uh, Brandy, Brandy stares at Kenny with a, with it's, eyes that say she's not going to take notes. So. Are you calling me the secretary, Kenny? It's fine. Um, it's fine. It's fine, Brandy. Brandy. It's secretary with a small <laughs> eye. It's fine. <laughs> Sorry. Is Melissa Sorry. here? Don't bother. Was no. she I brought, the core three? I brought sandwiches. Oh, well, Aww. then you can stay. Come in, come in. Melissa, what do you think of the name The Flash Mullet? Absolutely great. Grand. You you do what you want to do. I'd just quite like to get home. You, you know? That's that's also on the to-do list. Brandy's Kenny, just writing it down. Kenny, you made you an egg cress, as you wanted. Brandy, could you just write down that we need to sort out what to do with all of our respective important people? Brandy takes a pen and starts writing on Kenny's shirt. Oh, I didn't have any paper. You're the captain. You're to provide paper. I'm just using uh, my initiative. Captain Mullet. That is fair. A little bit to the left. Oh, there you go. Oh, just keep crossing those T's. Let's definitely call Candy. What else do we have to do? We need to kind of decide where where we're going to go, right? So I've put that on the list, where to go. And I'd also like to put down that we have a notorious criminal who destroyed Theo's and my town in the brig of our ship. And we don't really know what to do now that the Pokemon League are also after us. Yeah, so here's the thing. That notorious criminal was kind of being mind manipulated by someone else. So I don't think I'm comfortable when I could quite easily have been in that position enacting any sort of revenge scheme. Uh, It doesn't feel like it's revenge if we're just presenting her to the authorities to see what they need to do, Kenny. And with Theo on this one, Kenny, I think we just drop her off, tied up with a note of the Pokemon League, preferably written by Calico because he's got lovely handwriting, just saying this person was responsible for Surflet Town, may or may not have been in control of her actions. Question mark, smiley face. Well, we were also asked to take her back to her family and her father. We were? Way back in, like, episode six. Wait. <laughs> That's the Elisa? That's Elisa That's from the Elisa. Town? Yes. Oh. Ma. Days. Pokemon? Question mark. Do we need to return them? Question mark. Where? I mean, you need to return Bubblebee, but the rest of us, we could, we, could, we could be fine. I don't know. I feel like if I return Bubblebee, we should return all of them. No? Kenny? I, don't you always do the right thing, right, Kenny? Yeah, I, I'd have to give my Pokemon back to someone who actively is hunting me down. So... Okay, Kenny is exempt, but Theo, you and I, we can give our Pokemon back to their rightful owners. I think there's no other I... option. I don't want to use your word again, Brandy, but me and me and Bob Arical, we're kind of vibing. Um, and I, <laughs> I think that when there's a connection this strong, as I have with all my Pokemon as an incredibly talented Pokemon trainer, I, I mean, if we see the trainer, if we see them, if the moment arrives, Bob Arical recognizes who they used to belong to, then yeah, I think that's the right thing to do. But until then, we need all the support we can get. We're fugitives on the run again. 
Yeah, great bond with all your Pokemon, except for that Sir Waddle, who it took, what, 20 episodes? I'm really glad that you're all you're all buying into my episode thing. Yeah. I do think of our lives as quite episodic. Yeah, I'd agree with you, Kenny. I actually, in thinking about it, it feels very neat to do that, because there's a lot of dark time, I would say, blank spaces. Between yeah, moments. I was going to question that, Kenny. How, how much of the, like, 17 years we spent growing up together is an episode? Because you seem to start at a very weird, arbitrary point. <laughs> Mainly the point that I left your life, so... Oh no! Though that you were in the prequel, Melissa. Oh, I was. I was Phantom Menace. Yeah. Oh, you're in the formative years. Right. Okay. You mean the Phantom Menace, right? I, I do mean Melissa? the Phantom Menace. <laughs> of course. I thought so. I thought. So. I thought you misspoke. Who Who liked the Phantom Menace? The pod race is quite fun. The wind pod race <laughs> the is quite fun. The wind pod race was good, Kenny. <laughs> it was good. I... Jar Jar Carbinks, though, was terrible. <laughs> we were all trying to think of it. We were all trying to think of it. <laughs> I got him. I got him. I got Jar Jar Carbinks. Right. I'm going to go. Bye, everyone. Bye, Melissa. You've got decisions to make. You just got to imagine we're bowling this whole time. Oh, okay. Spare. Well done, <laughs> Kenny. Stu, that's your, that's your role. You just shout, I'd steal you right every now and then. <laughs> I'll be like those 3D weird videos at the bowling alley. It's like a banana yes. walking up to some things being like, split. Let's talk to Candy about the Pokemon that we still have with us from Weasel, because we know that the Pokemon League were after Weasel as well. So let's just mention that we have these spoils of war. Let's just let's just reveal everything to the Pokemon League to the one person we can trust, and then ask them what we should do. Good idea. Very good let's idea. Let's do that. Let's do that now. Was that checklist? That was on. That was checklist number one, right? Well, I also just want to want to take a moment, gang, because we actually did what we were supposed to. We stopped the tongue being rubbed. Yeah. Point number point number two. Well done, us. Yeah, that's... I suppose we stopped oh. the tome being rubbed by robbing the tome ourselves. That, that that's all based on who you think the good guys are. Strike. That's true. That is very true. That is a question I have. Where are the two tomes currently? Uh, well, I feel like ones with Kenny and ones with Theo. No. Yeah. Are they on your personal possession? They are. I'd say so. Yeah. On you. Okay. Both I ones. have an idea about those. I was thinking, Theo, your mentor here is here, right? Uh, what's what's their name? Kai. Kai. Kanan. Kai. Kanan, Kanan. Split! Kanan's here, and they seem like pretty smart. I wondered, maybe, because I look at that and I just see picture, another picture, little crown, picture, another picture, a little note that says, uh, this is impossible to read unless you're very smart. And I think, why don't we give the tomes to Kanan to work in the research room that I saw on the ship? And Kanan can just beaver away trying to figure out what they say because they're pretty useless to us at the moment as far as I can see. I respect the decision to have them be looked over and I do agree that we should go studying what those two tomes say because they're going to give the secrets to the King's Rock and potentially to solving whatever's wrong with our lovely friend Kenneth here. However, I don't trust Kanan as far as I can throw him and even though they are very brittle and I could throw them very far, I have no interest in leaving those books with them when they try to usurp us all when we try to put Slowpoke in that teleportation circle. So I say, if we do have Kanan check them over, which is the right idea, we put me and my new research assistant, Adri Fomonsk, in the same room and we all just work over them together. The one problem is, are you going to be okay with the fact that Adri and Kanan are clearly best friends? 
Spare! <laughs> well, sadly, my best friend Heron isn't here to be able to support me in this particular endeavour, but I do have my new friend, Calico. So maybe maybe four heads is better than three. Who's to say? Yeah, exactly. And Theo, as we've just heard, doesn't like Kanan anymore. So if Kanan and Adri are, because they've booked the bowling alley next after us, um, so if they do start hanging out, start having fun, you know, I heard they were doing a tanning, double tanning session later in the day. I'm sure Theo wouldn't care at all. Yeah, no, of course, uh, when we leave, if you see them, could you just tell them that I got 10 strikes uh, in the bowling and I also won every other game in the games room? Not because I don't like them or have any sort of inferiority complex, if you could just, just it... let them know that I'm very talented. That sounds like a plan then. If the three of you work on deciphering these books... Or at least, well, we've got two out of three, so we're we're getting somewhere with these bad boys. Perfect game! David. Who has just hit a horrendous gutter ball? I'm going to self-nominate Theo. Theo has hit a terrible, terrible gutter ball after many a success in the arena. Okay, on the screen above you, a ghastly rolls down the gutter going, Gas, 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 ah, please, you suck. It's really <laughs> tough here at Team Nautilus. There was really, they're really, you know, <laughs> bullying atmosphere. Says the person that literally punches people in the face to get a point across. Yeah, but he was a dweeb. That is true. He was a bit of a dweeb. And that's coming from me. I guess the question now as well is, once we stop being chased by the Pokemon League, what do we do next? We need to find the final tome. It sounds like we need to find Frey more than ever. What's next? I don't know about you two, but there are people on this ship that I don't want to put in harm's way. I don't want to put my sister in danger. And I don't think we should subject Elisa to any more danger either. If we're going after Frey, Elisa is the last person that should be with us. Hear me out here. I think I'll ask Teronius Chunder to take us somewhere equidistant between Surferlow Town and Comover Town. We drop off my sister and Elisa and ask them to just go home while we continue to find either Helsing or Mystic. Oh, okay. Well, so, so we're just saying that Elisa, you know, just goes home after destroying Surferlow Town. Really? Everyone else is okay with that? Theo, I'm talking to mainly. I... My my issue is is that Kenny's right. It wasn't entirely her decision. At the same time, a lot of people died because of that. And we don't know exactly what happened or who exactly was controlling who. We don't know exactly how much autonomy was involved in any of those decisions. We don't know how much was under duress. If I had to make a decision of what I think is right to do, I think that whenever one of us calls Candy and lets the Pokemon League know about what's happened, maybe we let somebody we trust know that Elisa is in Surfloat Town. Maybe that's all we can do. And we leave somebody who we trust to be able to assess the situation fairly to come in and see if she deserves to be imprisoned for the crimes of Team Nautilus. We need somebody to face justice. Everybody I know either died or had to go on the run. I, I'm, I'm willing to learn that mercy is important. I understand that violence isn't the answer, but violence and justice are different things. Somebody needs to be punished for what happened. We can't let people get away with bad things. You guys are aware that at some point in the future, you could be having this exact discussion about me, right? There is almost no difference between what Frey has done to Elisa and what she could do to me. If Frey 
manages to manipulate my head and causes me to cause mass damage. What, are you not going to give me a second chance? Kenny, okay, so basically what you're saying is, Kenny, you guarantee us that you know for sure that Elisa only did what she did because she was either being because she was being controlled by Frey. Because I'm not sure you can guarantee that. And I don't know if you would do the same in her shoes. So where are you going to take her? To the Pokemon League? The people that just tried to kill us? Because that's who would come after her. The Pokemon League are controlling everything. I like Theo's plan. Theo's plan plan would involve the Pokemon League. Ultimately, what's Candy going to do? How is she going to keep her safe and also, you know, track these evil teams? The thing is, Kenny, that yes, Frey could also play with your head too. But in the situation where you killed dozens, if not scores of people, which is what Elisa and Theronius Chanda have done, me and Brandy would be just as much to blame for that because we had let that happen. The problem is, is that whether Elisa was controlled or not, a lot of people let that happen. And yes, grunts will be going away, but somebody fired that Octillery's cannon fire. People died. We watched people die. I know that the Pokemon League can't always be trusted, but this is why I think Candy is our only option. She's already acting outside of what the League's orders normally are anyway. We know that her and General Phillips are relatively renegades. I, I don't say that we have to just leave them and run away as soon as it happens. Maybe we stand there and we and we try and moderate in some way, but we can't we can't be in a situation where we consider Elisa to be innocent. We just don't know. I like Theo's earlier plan. We let Elisa go home, but we make it very clear that she's under a house arrest system. And we let General Phillips and Candy know where Elisa is and that she should be watched like a hawk by the most trusted people. At least at least just till this whole thing, till we're able to sort out what we need to sort out, which is stopping Frey, the person who's, you know, seemingly incredibly responsible for all this. Right. I guess I just thought you guys had more sympathy for poke-powered people than you're actually showing. But fine. Kenny, I, I understand. You don't know. You no, want... Theo, Theo, you're a very intelligent person. But this isn't knowledge, okay? This is innate instinct. Well, you know what you don't I know, don't... Kenny? You don't. You haven't watched dozens of your friends and colleagues die in front of your eyes. Maybe stop trying to think that you're the only person who understands empathy in this situation. I understand how hard it is to be different, but also, can you understand what it is to be in mourning? Sorry, Kenny, I'm with Theo. I think, unfortunately, Elisa has done some terrible, terrible things and caused so much damage and destruction that I think this is the best option for everyone involved. We are a team, and it's clear how the team are voting. So, fine. Okay. Brandy, give Candy a ring and tell her everything that we just decided upon. Yeah. Please, just, could you do one thing for me? Could you let me speak to Elisa before we drop her off? That's fine by me, Kenny. And I think you will help her to understand why we're doing this. Sure. Theo, okay. oh, sorry. you know what to do with your books. I do. Wait, what's Theo and doing? We're going Re- over researching the tomes. The tomes. With, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. And Kenny, I, I understand why you're saying what you're saying, and I have no desire to hurt people who have poker powers. It's just, this is It's different. okay, Theo. It's okay. Who's that Pokemon? Right, come on then. Midsection time. Let's go. But it's Saturday. Come on, no, no time. No time. We have to no, we've got to do midsection quickly. We'll do a quick one, then we can do what you want. Can, okay? Can, can we get no. can we get McDonald's? We can get McDonald's <laughs> after the midsection. We've been over this. We have McDonald's at home. You're the worst babysitter we've ever had. Uh, I want you know Lexi again. 
Well, I want she you to read like us a midsection, mom. okay? I want you, Tom, to read everyone a midsection and calm down. Here we go. This midsection email comes from Strider Thrower. Cool name, Strider Thrower. Hi there. I'm a big fan of the podcast and figured I'd try submitting a character. Adrian Vex. Ooh. Ooh. A quiet ghost-type trainer with a perchant. Penchant? Ponchant. With a With a pension. With a pension. <laughs> with a pension. That would be a first in the private world of, of Formia. <laughs> a quiet type ghost trainer with a penchant for getting into trouble. They were once a member of the church, but unfortunately stumbled upon some forbidden knowledge and was chased out. What this knowledge was remains unknown. They are hard to identify, Adrian this is, uh, due to their habit of wearing a mask. <laughs> The idea that they've referred to it as a habit, like they just can't keep the habit. They once made a bet with Mr. E that they could steal the King's Rock model and return it without getting caught. Due to their penchant, this person loves penchant as a word. (laughs) That was your word of the day, wasn't it, Strider? That was on your calendar. Due to their penchant for using ghost types, this mock heist earned them the nickname Phantom Thief Vex. Their Gengar, William, is also known for stealing hats. Specifically hats. Although can dabble in nabbing left shoes on occasion solely for mischief. Even if Adrian and William do not make the podcast, I just want to say you guys are fantastic and your episodes genuinely make me smile. Well, Strider, with that last paragraph, Adrian and William are in. We've made it very clear the only way to get into a midsection is if you praise us a lot. Because we ain't meeting Huge them. Praise. Yeah, we're never gonna meet this character. <laughs> but what I enjoy is we've already had a person, a poker powered person in the church. An ex-church member poker-powered with a haunter. So now we've got Adrian Vex, who is not poker-powered, but also with a Gengar. And this is a very rare occasion because this is a church member who doesn't seem to actually hate the church. Yeah, it just seems to love causing mischief, which you think yeah. the church would hate. But maybe If anything, they love the church, but the church hates them. Adrian wrote thesis on mischief. <gasps> mischief Pokemon! Ooh. And I swear there, there is on a the mischief. trickster ability. Yes. Yes. Quiet ghost-type trainer, but loves getting in trouble. My immediate thought when we talk about ghost-type trainers and making sure that we somehow tether them into our current canon is that maybe Adrian is a trainer in the gym of Yorick. Mm. So Yorick has a... Yeah, Yorick has a a church connection, perhaps. Well, that's okay. Is is Yorick into the church, or is Adrian into acting? (laughs) Ooh. I like the idea that Adrian moonlights as an actor. And the reason, Tom? To get better at mischief. How how better to trick someone? How better to pull the wool over their eyes than to pretend to be someone else? So Adrian is getting acting lessons from Yorick. From Yorick, yes. Got yep. it. Well, it's a shame we've left Piranal never to return, eh? Well, we seem to dump all our characters there. <laughs> In a way to possibly weave them into our narrative. Maybe um, they had a bit of a falling out, Adrian and Yorick. Oh, and sh- now Adrian was like, I'm a- I've outgrown you, man. I can do better. Should we see that scene, Ali? Sure. I've outgrown you, man. I can do better. Adrian, please. There's still so much training to do. No, you know what? You're just holding me back, bro. Well, no, that was just the staging for the scene. You, you had no, to stay no, in no, one no, spot. No, look, you got to get out of the, out of your head this idea of stage directions and stuff. You know what I mean? Like what? Improvise? That is the ultimate mischief, isn't it? Huh? Going against what the playwright says. Ooh, tricks. <laughs> what do you think, Gengar? William. <laughs> Oh my god, it's so tricky! It even knows its own name! <laughs> William William! <laughs> you see William wearing a left shoe. Yorick, look down. Oh no! Oh, curse you! Oh, we're, we're, we're William! No, no, literally, I mean Duskull, use curse. 
Cause <laughs> get get out of my gym, Adrian. You'll never make it on the stage with us. The true I'm gonna make it, bro. I'm gonna make it, and you're not even gonna be wearing your hat. Yoink! Run, Gengar, run! That was my favorite hat. So yeah, so then Adrian uh, ventured out on their own, a penchant for finding their way. Well, I actually think I actually think Adrian and Yorick have decided to settle the score once and for all, and are going to have a Pokemon battle at the most haunted place in Formia to decide who will be the ghost type gym leader of um, it, Formia. Tom, is it a Pokemon battle or is it a Pokemon play? Where Adrian, it's a Pokemon play battle. Adrian's team are using only improvisation techniques. Exactly. And Yorick is using a script. And it's exactly. Yorick has planned out all of his moves and will not deviate from, from the, the plan. plan. <laughs> Whereas um, Adrian will only improvise with William. Gosh, that's exciting. I'd what's the most it. what's the most haunted place in Formia? Just want that right now. Probably the haunted train car that we didn't visit. <laughs> Probably somewhere in Surflight Town. Are they yes. having their battle to be the gym leader on the train? And that's that's just happening separately in a separate train. No, car I think the most haunted the most haunted place in Formia is a mansion, a haunted mansion. God, um, where did you come up with that idea? <laughs> I've been richly inspired, Ali. Wouldn't the haunted place be that town where everyone changes? Types or is that not Ooh, haunted ba- or was that just Ballaton or Bailton? Ballaton. Yeah. I think I think we can come up with a new space here. I think we can come up with a new space. Brand new. Oh. Is it a swimming oh. pool? A haunted swimming pool. I like that. The swimming pool. The swimming pool. Swimming pool. <laughs> yes. The swimming pool. That's amazing. Do we have any ghost and- ghost water types? It's a jellicent. It's haunted by a jellicent. Can this jellicent in the swimming pool be wearing a cagoule as well? A swimming pool cagoule. A swimming pool cagoule. Of course you can, you fool. <laughs> so. Yorick and Adrian have set the date to have their final acting slash ghost battle showdown in the swimming ghoul, which is, I, th- I think it was which like a Lido. exactly Lyd- where we're going next. It was a Lido. It's an outdoor Lido. We can place it anywhere, but w- it yes. is somewhere. I like it. We might just conveniently turn up. <laughs> it could be at any town, just slightly on the outskirts. Well, there we go. Any we town, might check back place. in. We might check back in with that side story okay. in another midsection. That's right. We're adding in side stories. To the midsection. You know who else is hanging out with them? It's me and Lexi and the kids. I got my nuggets. I got my sweet box of 20 nuggets. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks, Ellie. You're a good babysitter after all. Thanks, uh, Ellie. That was a You're welcome, kid. You were right. Come here. Give me a oh. hug. Oh. Who's that Pokemon? It's Gasly. got three kind of things going on now we've got brandy's call with candy we've got theo and the tome and we've got kenny going to speak to elisa we can assume that kenny en route to elisa informed Taronius where to kind of park the ship as it were okay so the ship park the <laughs> ship park the sh- <laughs> next to that cloud <laughs> no no Taronius, your, your, your lights are on no come on. okay so Taronius chanda is basically guiding the ship towards Comover Town. Probably easier to land a ship in the coast in the sea next to next to Comover and Surfloat. So maybe you're looking for a hidden cove or something like that? Suits me. Yeah? Okay, so we're over. So 
Terrain Cove is... over town. Cove ah, Cove over town. <laughs> it's the hamlet next to Cove over town. Um, so Terranius is looking for a suitable place to bring for Octi the Octillery to bring the Flash Mullet down. And in the meantime, Kenny, you are heading towards Elisa's cell, correct? Yeah. How do you enter the brig of this ship? A bit like the the steering wheel, it only opens to the touch of poker powers. They're metal bars, and Kenny just sort of touches one and they sort of shimmer away and let him through lovely nice oh but that was weird (laughs) Kenny thinks everyone could do that (laughs) yeah exactly what an inefficient security system (laughs) Kenny you enter the brig Uh, Tom is there anyone else in the brig or is it just Elisa (laughs) is it lazy to say it's just Elisa that's why I gave it as an option Tom (laughs) If I have to do a character, then that character's in the scene. And I don't know if you want Tom Dale there. What if there's I don't a, what know if it, you want the Tom, Tom Dale what if I can't believe there. Barnaby Timms is in the break. What if what the, <laughs> I think there's a Pokemon. No, what okay, if there's a Pokemon? Maybe there's a Pokemon I, in there. I think there's a Pokemon. Yeah. And I think it's the Jailer. But it is a Klefki. Of course makes, it is. Makes total sense. Kenny, as you enter, uh, there's no one seemingly attending the jail cells. But to your left, there is a set, a ring of keys on a hook. And as you enter, the ring of keys sparks into life. Clefki, 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 Clefki. And starts floating around you. And you see to your left in a darkened corner of the brig, uh, locked behind bars, um, similar to how you looked probably in the Pyrenar Tower. Yeah, you see Elisa just huddled up in the corner of a cell. What do you do, Kenny? Um, how are you doing? Doing, doing. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm all white, I guess. Happy it's over. Elisa, I, I don't think it's over. What do you mean? You, we had, we had the thing. You, you spoke to me about family. You said, you said I'd be going home. You are, you are going home. But look, there are people upstairs, very important, very wise people, that are angry with you, and they don't understand what you've gone through. Even I don't, and I feel like I have a better grasp than 99% of people. It wasn't, wasn't me, you, you get it? It was, it was her, it was the woman, she, she unlocked me. She, I know, I know, I know. She changed I know. me, she fried my mind, she, she confused me, it was chaos. I, I was scared, I was angry, it, was, it wasn't me. I know, but... Kenny, all I want to do is go home, I just, I want to see my sister, I want to see my dad. Kenny, I, Kenny. We're taking, we're taking you home. We are taking you home, but you need to promise me something, Elisa. You need to promise me that you keep the lowest profile you can, okay? Are you taking me home, Kenny? Or are you, are you, are you dropping me somewhere convenient and, and sending authorities after me? You know, you know, you're a smart boy. You know what would happen if the authorities come to get me. There's, there's, no, there's no living in, at home. There's no, there's no family life for me if I do that. You know that. What do you think they're going to do? Just just let me sit at home and hope I don't summon any more storms. I am a danger. I am a threat. They know that. They can see that. And they won't let me just exist. Just let me go. Just let me go, Kenny, please. Let me have a second chance. Let me live <sighs> the life of my family I was meant to live. Elisa, I wish. I wish I could. I, but the plan, it, it's already in motion. Look, let me let me try something. If you promise me. That you'll stay at home. I could try to protect you from afar, okay? Just say it. Say you'll let me out. I'm not just going to let you run free. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to betray my friends. Because one of my friends watched someone die in their arms 
and it is a disservice to their Kenny, to their Kenny. morning if I just ignore that. Kenny, what makes you different from me? Are we really, are we really that different? No, we're not different at all. Then what gives you the right to say to me that I can't live the life you're living now? Promises that I've made. Look, you're worried about being taken into incarceration, right? Of course. So you need to stay hidden, okay? Now I could try to use some poker powers to ensure that you stay hidden. But what I'm going to do, Elisa, I'm not going to cast it on you. I'm going to put it on your house. You stay in that house. Nothing bad will happen to you or your sister or your father. But if you leave it, there will be people there waiting to capture you. This is a compromise and this is the best you're going to get. And I am prepared to spend a luck point on making sure it happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm essentially going to cast like protect on the house or something that that will hide that house from the authorities. Camouflage. Camouflage is perfect. That's exactly what I want to do. Well done, Tom. That that is what I'm offering, Stu. (laughs) That is the best. That's the best compromise that I can think of. That's interesting. Well, I suppose we should just let the dice decide what happens and whether she goes into it. I guess plus weird. Well, I'm a plus two to weird. Oh, that is a five and a four plus a two, so that's an eleven. I say absolutely fair enough. How does this look in the brig? I think in this prison cell there is a barred window, a port portcullis. That's the word, isn't it, in a ship? Mm. And we just so happen to be flying over Elisa's house at that exact moment. Nice. And Kenny picks up Elisa as he's sort of trying to be a bit more authoritative and takes her over to this window, holds his hand on the window and closes his eyes. And Elisa sees, a bit like how, you know, in um, Avengers, that big old airship there, when it sort of goes into stealth mode and it's almost like panel by panel, it becomes camouflaged. So that sort of happens to the house and it's it essentially disappears. Great, okay. So that's, that's, that worked amazingly well. Well, that feels like a fair compromise then. So she, she's looking down at her house. How did you do that? I honestly have no idea. I'm trying to find out. Are you... Has she unlocked you? No, she hasn't. So you can just do that? It doesn't always work that well. You're kind of scary, you know that. Yes. That's why I hang out with two such likeable people. Brandy punches Clive off screen somewhere. <laughs> Trust me, Eliza. They won't find you. Okay. This won't affect the sales at my dad's shop, will it? There might be some complicated side effects (laughs) of having an invisible house. (laughs) I didn't really think I had to say that, but apparently I do. (laughs) Maybe he needs to rebrand. Cut to Brandy right now, talking to Candy. Sure. Look, I'm telling you, Candy, you can't miss it. Drumfist, big sign, it's a huge house. You're not gonna miss it. That's where she is. Watch the house, make sure she's fine. Honestly, you know, I don't even need to draw you a map. Drumfisk's, what is it, a, a liquor liquor store? Yeah, exactly, exactly that. Just don't mention my name. All right, so got, we got Drumfisk's, that's where you're leaving her. Yeah, with with her with her with her family. I can guarantee you, Candy, that she is in no way dangerous anymore. I've been assured this by an expert in poker powers, the foremost expert, I would say, 
Okay, that's that's odd. That's really weird. But uh, don't don't worry about it. Uh, listen, Brandy, I um I gotta go. Okay. Okay, so you're not going to come after us, right? We are on Team Nautilus's ship, but you're going to sort that all out for us. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. Okay, I can yeah. trust you with that. Listen, uh, there's there's something there's something going on. I need to go, Brandy. You can handle it, okay? But oh, t- okay, we... you got better things to do just, now, I see. Just, I see, just... you just took down an evil team. No, well done, Brandy. I just want to hear two words. Two words, Candy, and then I'll leave you alone. Uh, uh, go Gary. <laughs> Why would that be? That is. Rude. I don't know. Weren't you a fan? You're a fan of Gary's. Is that? I'm not a fan of Gary's. That is very insensitive. <laughs> Two words. Um, pink hair. Candy, I cannot believe this is this hard. It's a very simple phrase that people should. Imp- well, certainly employers should use for employees, which I am currently. Give money. Exactly. Pay rise. <laughs> pay rise is what I want to hear. Okay, pay rise. Listen. We used some per diem points last time, and guess what? I didn't use any of my per diem things that I used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. Yeah, we can we can talk this out. We'll talk this out in a bit. All right. That doesn't sound like a yes. Can it? Can it? Brandy, you've just had this rather hurried phone call with Candy, but is there anything you want to do? Can we cut in on Brandy in another scene? She's with Calico. Okay. We're in the training room. It was the padded sexy room. That was was Elisa's weather training room. But the scene fades up and you see Brandy stood to one side. Calico stood on another side. All of Brandy's Pokemon are out and Bunnelby is in the middle of the training room. Okay, Barnaby, let's try this again. You are going to try... Barnaby, we are going to figure out what you are good at. I promise you, by the end of this session, we will know what your skill is. And we're trying stealth now, okay? So you've got to be sneaky. I want you to sneak up on Calico and take him down. Or at least jump on him. Calico, Calico, turn around. I'm closing my eyes. Turn around. Okay, Bunnelby, we believe in you. You can do this. And I think, no, don't. I see that doubt in your eyes. This is not the time for doubt. Come on, we can do this. Roll to... Roll to sneak. I guess roll plus speed for Bunnelby. So guys, I'm going to give you Bunnelby's stats right now. Armor, zero. Physical attack, zero. Special attack, Zero. <laughs> Speed, one. And you tell me that this Pokemon isn't useless. Those are worse stats than Magikarps. <laughs> wow, really? Which is wow. unbelievable that that's the case. But here we go. At least Bunnelby is plus one in speed. 2d6 plus one. Oh, my word. Thank goodness for the plus one. I will tell you that right now. It's a two plus a four plus a one. Calico gets scared of Bunnelby. Bunnelby succeeds in sneaking up on Calico and, like, lobs Bunnelby away. No! Calico! There was there was no plan. You brought me to a padded room and just told me to stand there. Yeah, I know, because you work for us now. You're on the ship. All right. Bunnelby, are you okay? You can... Bunnelby! Yeah, I know. He didn't mean to hurt you. Bunnelby, I'm going to be I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you right now. You're pretty useless. Bunnelby just responds, it's like, I don't stealth. I don't fight. I just give really good hugs. And Bunnelby just kind of hugs your leg. Bunnelby. That is a very good hug. Bunnelby. Okay, so maybe maybe you're not a battling Pokemon. Calico, have you ever heard of a therapy rabbit? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes, of course. Because I was wondering, there was a there was a room called the therapy room on this ship. Therapy Pokemon? Yes, that's a thing. You could use one to deal with your rage issues, Miss Angry. <laughs> I think I think Brandy punches through the wall with rage at that point. Yes, and that's, that's looks... where the therapy room is, just through there. <laughs> and, and Bunnelby gives Brandy a look like, yeah, maybe she does need some therapy. I think Brandy, yeah, takes Bunnelby to the therapy room and says, all right, Bunnelby, do you want to be a therapist? Is this is this where you feel fine? Bunnelby. So what you're saying is, Bunnelby, is that you actually don't want to be a battle Pokemon. You're not useless where you are at battling, but that's fine because that's not your own personal goal. And thus me, Brandy, is actually not treated you in a bad way in this point. And it's actually being nice. Oh, Tom, you sneaky little sausage. Uh... And there we go. Bunnelby is the ship's therapist. Bunnelby. Bunnelby. And Bunnelby signals for Brandy to sit on the couch. Wait, you want to do therapy on me? Bunnelby. But I don't need therapy. Bunnelby. Okay, Brandy sits down. Bunnelby? Bunnelby. I think it was probably not having a dad around, I'd say, was probably the first thing that springs to mind Bonobly. with that question. Bunnelby. Well, yeah, of course it hurt. I, there, was some, there was a big gap in my life, but, you know, then I've just found out my dad's a sea lion. David, if you could speak the English words of the therapist, and I will translate as Bunnelby, it would just okay. give some, Tom something to respond to. And do you ever feel, Brandy, that you've maybe been chasing after men in your life in various ways ever since the absence of the first man in your life? Bonnable, 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 bonnable. Wow, Bunnelby, that feels like you you don't know me at all, but you really hit the co- to the core of me immediately. That's... Uh, and Brandy panics. Uh, well, I've only chased one guy, and I've, I'm not, I don't chase that guy anymore, so... I'm fine. I'm cured, right? Do you think you're cured? Bunnable. <laughs> no, I... Oh, man, you're good at this. <laughs> yeah, stop trying to make me sneak up on weird peck dudes. <laughs> so, Brandy, what is it that you really want? Bunnable, bunnable, bunnable. I, I want my dad not to be a sea lion anymore. That's probably the, my main goal at this point. And how are you going to achieve that, Brandy? I'm going to kill everyone in my path. How would the killing make other people feel, Brandy? Dead. It would make them feel dead, Bunnelby. Like I'm kind of (laughs) thinking you might be if we keep this up. And why would you want them dead, Brandy? I don't want them dead. I don't want anyone dead. I want everyone to be alive. I want my dad to be alive. And then I'm thinking, maybe my dad isn't alive. Maybe this is all a big fat line, a big fat joke. And actually, maybe maybe this is all a big joke on me. So if I may hypothesise based off that, Brandy... It's not that you want people dead, but you don't seem to think that anybody is truly real. Bunnelby, Bunnelby, Bunnelby. Bunnelby, Bunnelby, Bunnelby. Bunnelby, can I be honest with you for one second? Sometimes I dream that I'm a 30-year-old man talking to three other 30-year-old men pretending (laughs) to be Brandy. Bunnelby points to the clock and goes, time. (laughs) Hands you a little note. (laughs) Come back, come back next time.
So Thea, what's, what's happening in the research room as you enter? Annoyingly, Adri has pulled out their thesis on the King's Rock and uh, <laughs> is comparing a uh, sort of Rosetta's stone of classic Slaslo hieroglyphs and cuneiform that they had gathered against the text in the tome. Uh, and all the gaps in that knowledge, Canaan is kind of filling in uh, from sort of general knowledge that they happen to have as well. It's sort of a real harmonious oh. process. Oh, that's fascinating, Adri. Gosh, look, look at that. I, I, your thesis was fantastic. It really was. I, uh, I still read it to this day, you know, actually, Adri. Well, thank you. It, uh, it has been uh, voted best thesis uh, every year. Every since year. Every... every year. I keep republishing it. I, I and heard. It keeps winning. I heard, Adri, they actually started doing monthly awards simply to keep giving you the award more regularly. <sighs> Is that... uh, they're thinking about doing a concert for it, where a live reading. But I'm, you know, oh, could I, you give me just give me give me a sample, please, Adri. Just two lines, three lines, please. The King's Rock, rock on. Oh, I, that's my favourite chapter. Can't wait. So I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to intrude against this. Uh, oh, Theo, Theo, hello, welcome. Don't, don't want to intrude on this non-binary sausage fest over here. But I would also <laughs> a like to point out. Anyone want to see a male combi? Took out a Malamar earlier, saved one of your lives, but apparently no one's remembering that. Um, or are we having a betrayal conference in this room? Uh, apparently, is Theo, one of you please people are good calm, at. Calm down. We're simply pouring over these tomes, these texts. It's very exciting, Theo. We've never it's had very the chance. Exciting. And who was the person who helped to to find those tomes? It is. It is me. It is me. So I didn't steal these from anybody to try and find the locations of any of our parents. Hi there, Adri. Lovely to see you again. I Theo, found Theo, please, please. I would. I would love to see your male combi because, unfortunately, I would read up a thesis that you wrote on it, but it's too far back in the library for me to get it. It's just behind so many other books that are more important than that. Well, Adri, why don't you tell me the average speed of a uh, Formian uh, combi? Oh, you couldn't, and because you couldn't do that, you wouldn't have won the Sloking Jewel against one of the heads of the church, which I did earlier, to save all of our lives. Again, Can I- no need to thank me. No, can I straight exactly. roll for Adri to see if they know? Yes, of course you can. Although, the beauty is that if they do know, it means they've read Theo's dissertation. Oh my god. So Adri rolled 11. So they do know. They know the speed. <laughs> so they do know, but you're right, Stu. Adri keeps it to themselves. <laughs> and just writes it down in front of them. Folds it up and, hu- and, and tries it. at some point. And it eats just feeds it, it, feeds it. it to Manectric. So everybody, now that we've uh, had the nice, kind introductions that we're so familiar with in the Church of Slaslow, what have we found so far in these two tomes? Theo, here is what we found. And Theo, do you want to do a roll, and then we can, we sure. can kind of use that to uh, to work out what law sure. we're, we're going to establish? Okay, so let's see how Theo rolls. Plus sharp. Right. So that's two d six plus two. <laughs> Skin of teeth. That's a seven. That's a three and a two plus a two. Oh, seven. Interesting. Obviously, we've said these are said to be maps of King's Rock, but nobody's really deciphered or read them. Otherwise, people would have the King's Rock. So it's sort of like a legend says they are maps to the King's Rock, right? That's the impression yeah. I was kind of getting. Is that it's, it's mm. not like they are literally a um, go here, go there, dig there, two steps east, and boom, you've got the King's Rock. I think it's more like a it's uh, myth, myths and legends have said that these tomes, if you have all three in position, will lead you to the King's Rock, but not yeah. no one's really sure how or what that means. Yeah. In terms of a call to action as well, these two books need to point us at the need for getting the third. Something in these two books needs to suggest that the super objective needs to be getting number three. Mm. Here's a thought, David. What if it says something about, like, in order to find the King's Rock, some kind of sacrifice must be made? Well, Theo has seen that 
that missing page from the tapestry, right, that Hillary had. Because there were those two figures, weren't they, that were mm. separated. Mm. So maybe you, you see the two figures together and then you see one of the figures replaced with the King's Rock and then the other figure kind of rising up to sort of suggest that in order to obtain the King's Rock, I had to sacrifice what was most dear to me. Quite Could like we that. potentially have it that as we have two of the tomes, one of the tomes follows the person who chooses to sacrifice and the other follows the tome, the story of the person who is sacrificed. And what is suggested at the end of the two of them is that in the third, the story sort of explains whatever happens after that point. Maybe those two books kind of end on simultaneous versions of the same story. Or am I just confusing it there? That's nice. Like but they that. kind I of, they, really cool. almost, they, they almost like meet each other at the end of each book. Are we thinking in terms of the, the two figures... The one that kind of ascended with the King's Rock is the sort of original poker powered. Or do we think the that... one that was cast away and and kind of subjugated well, was the well, I think powered? Well, I think what David and Ali are suggesting is that we don't know which is which. All we know is that a sacrifice was required and one did it and one didn't do it. Journey oh, of the I see. two. So the two of them are there almost with their Pokemon partners and then one of them does a sacrifice, the other one doesn't. So yeah, so one tome describes the journey of a person who, at the beginning, the sacrifices required, didn't do it, took a harder road, but still managed to make it to the chamber of the King's Rock, and that's where that story ends. And then the other one is like, required a sacrifice. I gave it up without hesitation. You don't know what's coming next, so rather than a map, it's like a little story. Mm. Ooh, okay. Mm. Just sort of keep it vague. Well, with a seven, I think we have to. (laughs) That's fair, that's fair. Hi everyone, Ali here. Sorry to interrupt the episode. This next section could do with a super quick explanation. You're going to hear the stories held within these two tomes, beautifully written by our one and only David Leavesley. So sit back and enjoy two tales from ancient Formia, based on the myth of Sloking and the King's Rock. I know I speak for the rest of the boys when I say we would love to hear what theories you think these fables mean. So first up, the tone. Of sacrifice. In this, the Tome of Sacrifice, I tell a story of how loss is everything, of how from simply gazing once at hell I walked straight up to heaven and my king. Once I could see the prize, there was no thing that could now keep me from that stone delight. Blood spilled, friends killed, an answer it doth bring, and from my home in long, ignorant night, my slow king finally gifted me his light. And though I quickly slew all I held dear, I saw one of my colleagues match my pace. His bruises showed that his path getting here was bloody, and I, spotless, tied this race. And at the threshold, Suddenly, true fear rang out through our hearts and round our souls. Now here, to whom would this king's rock appear? Which school of thought would now achieve its goals? Don't now, I beg, riddle my theology with holes. Secondly, the tome they had just recovered from the vault of the church car in the Nidorient Express. The tome. Of struggle. Where others draw their blade and let the blood 
Some acolytes like I commit to work. We sow the seeds, we till the war-torn mud, and study hard where others go berserk. Where some unlocked the door with cloak and murk, my path was kindness, empathy and strife. There is no duty low enough to shirk if one is seeking happiness in life. I chose my mind where braggarts chose the knife. And though my journey took me time untold, I was as quick as any to achieve. Though many of us started as one fold, just two of us gave costs that earned reprieve. Before us promised riches, we believe, an item that can tame, control, refine. A relic we'd done so much we'd receive, and now we'd tied upon the finish line. With all my labour, may this rock be mine. Really? I, I thought it was a recipe. I thought that's what this was. Wait. How, when did you discover that? I, I, I'm, no, I'm, I'm sorry, Adrian. I need you to elaborate on that more. What What do you think we're cooking here? I, I thought this was did you think that salt. said? Did you think that said linguine? Wait, wait. What are we looking at here? Adrian, this is your specialist subject. Come on. Oh, God, yeah, it is my subject. Don't embarrass yourself. Mind if I step in, Adri Fomonsk, in this particular situation? Oh, Theo, if you, can, if you can shed any light on that. That tale. Kanan, do you remember when we saw that there were two split people who were at the origins of the Church of Sloking and Slaslow when we were in that room with the tapestry that well, you just mentioned? Yes, we saw, we saw two figures, but then it was burnt away. We didn't know what happened. Yes. What that has suggested from these two books is that these two books tell the stories of those two people that we see at the origin of the Church of Slaslow. And presumably the third tome contains the story of which one of them succeeded in finding the King's Rock based on the path they took. One chose sacrifice and power, and the other one chose hard work and knowledge. And when we find the third tome, we'll discover which one of them succeeded in finding the King's Rock and discover what it did. The true path. Oh. Mm. Mm, yes, I, I thought the same as Theo there. You see Adrian Fermont's taking some notes as it looks like there's a part two to the thesis. Theo, this is very exciting, and I can't think of anyone better to be on this journey with. Thank you. It's a real honour to be reunited on this journey again. It really is a great... How'd you get out of the room? <laughs> the fu- oh. Well, rude, manetric, let's go. Adri, I think Melissa might need some help with her sandwiches. She might need a bit of rock salt. <sighs> Adri goes bright red and walks away. Kanan, now that that infuriating human being is gone, this King's Rock, that boy upstairs who's the captain of the ship somewhat inexplicably, but then I can't really explain anything that's happened in the last five days, which has been this storyline. Do you think that the King's Rock can help him? It's my belief that it's not items that really help each other in this world. It's other people. If you're by his side, I'd say he has every chance. The true King's Rock is the friends we made along the way. The power, the power of friendship, <laughs> Oh, if that's how this ends, if this is how this plot, if if I find the King's Rock and it's just future, it's Kenny just going it's to just a mirror. It's, it's, <laughs> it's power, a mirror. The power it's... was inside you all along, Theo. <laughs> Thank you.
flash mullet ship lies harboured just off the coast of Comover Town. Kenny, you have sailed Melissa over in a small rowboat and dropped her off on the beach of Comover. The pair of you share a moment, a look, knowing what she's going back to and Kenny knowing what you have to go on to. Melissa staying on the beach and seeing you row off into the surf as long as she can, Kenny. Melissa enters the mullet family home and peeks a look into the kitchen. Her father and mother are in there drinking a cup of coffee, chatting as parents do. Their mood is subdued, but they seem to be coping okay. She thinks about going to greet them, but realises there's something more important she has to do first before anything. And sneaks past the kitchen, up the stairs, turns left at the hall, and enters the room of her sister, Dora. The curtains are open, and a breeze is drifting in, carrying the scent of the comb-over hills into the room. She breathes deeply, looks down at her pale, dark-haired sister lying motionless in the bed. She sits down on a stool next to Dora and retrieves a small letter given to her by her brother, Kenny Mullet, from her pocket. She steals herself, opens the letter, and begins to read. Dear Dora, crossed out. Dear Dodo, I hope I can still call you that. Seems like just yesterday that I came up with that nickname for you. You were only just old enough to talk. Hadn't quite mastered different sounds yet. Dora was too much, but when I said Dodo, you knew I meant you. And hearing me say it, that made you so happy. Your smile was so wide that I'd never stop saying it. <laughs> Funny how that can seem so recent but also a lifetime ago. No, not quite that. More like it belonged to a, another life. Someone else's life. A life that didn't have weird, dark powers in it. Where I didn't scar you forever. Where we didn't fight in the hallway. Where I didn't run away from home. I saw Melissa today. It's really made me miss home. You, her, mum and dad. I wanted nothing more than to rush up to her and give her the biggest hug, but instead I had to hide. That was hard and it hurt. And I saw you, yesterday, in a weird, nowhere place. I don't know for sure if you saw me, but somehow we think you did. That was harder, and it hurt a lot more. I hope everyone isn't too angry or hurt that I left. I'd felt I'd run out of options, and I couldn't stay around the people that I loved, is that uncontrollable monster. I was offered a glimmer of hope, and I took it. Please don't worry about me. I've met some new friends, Brandy and Theo. You'll like them, I think. Some Pokemon, too. you like them much, much more. Especially Bowtie. She's a hoot. Quite literally. They're all going to keep me safe from everyone else, but they can't keep you safe from me. Only I can do that, and I'm getting closer each day. I hope you can forgive me for everything, because I sure as hell can't. Not yet. Not until I've put it all right. Lots of love. Your brother, Kenny. Back on the ship, we see Brandy down in the training room, training hard, sweating with Lopany, and the rest of her team striving to be better striving to be what she knows she can be. We see Theo in the research room, poring over tomes with Meditite, and the rest of their team attempting to scour these books, these documents which they've sought for so long and find any more hidden clues that might pertain to where they need to go next. And finally we see Kenny on the prow of the ship, looking out over the horizon, over the waves, into the sky.
And peeking through those clouds, up in the sky, what does Kenny see? He sees the end of the episode, the end of the arc, and the end of series two of Critical Ditto. What a ride it's been, series two. Brandy started off gambling away her scaroopy and ended it discovering her dad's acelio. Theo began drunkenly leaving Adri in a ditch and finished with Adri as a research assistant. And Kenny began jumping off skarmories and ended up jumping off an airship that he's now inexplicably the captain of. Even us as players began sitting around a table in David's living room and ended up learning how to wade through the various trials and tribulations that remote recordings bring. Thank you all so much for joining us on this journey. At times, doing this podcast was one of the only things making me happy throughout the last year or so. And so I thank you all for giving us the energy, love and enthusiasm to keep it going. Now, as we did after the last series ending, we're going to have a little break from the main storyline of Brandy, Theo and Kenny. But fear not, there will still be episodes releasing every other Pokemonday, starting with a Reflect! Or possibly even to reflect, seeing as how we didn't do one after Steam Eruption. Our fabulous Discord has already provided us with lots of questions, but of course you don't have to be in the Discord if you have any burning questions that you need answering. You can tweet us on at CriticalDitto, or email us at criticalditto at gmod.com, and we'll see if we can answer your questions. People whose questions will definitely be answered, if they have any, will be our wonderful patrons. So send them our way, gang. Yes, I'm talking to you, Alistair Collinson, and you, Ginny Voss, and you, Milamoy, or Milamoy, if you're French, and you, Eric Iking, I see you there, and you, Crandon Creations, or oh, and you, GGT, and you, Ryan Mitchell, otherwise known as Haunted the Vagabond, oh, and definitely you, Force Majeure, and of course you, Cesar Trevino, and you, Alchemage, and you, Josh Anderson, and you, Trigula, and you, Jonah Jackson, oh, and you, Greg Becker, and you, Kaiko Pin Cosplay, and you, Hi Killy, and you, Joel Williams. If you want to join these absolute legends and receive bonus content, perks, and more for a small donation of your choosing, make sure you check out patreon.com forward slash critical ditto. Thank you as always to Michael Sands, the creator of RPG Monster of the Week, the TTRPG that we have hacked for this show. To our resident musicians, whether they know it or not, Braxton Burks and the Material Collective and Glitch X City. Braxton Burks' albums can be found on Spotify and Glitch X City can be found on YouTube. Thank you, naturally, to the creators of Pokemon, Junichi Masuda and Satoshi Tajiri. We are, naturally, not affiliated with Game Freak, Nintendo or the Pokemon Company. Instead, we are not-for-profit and fan-made. Thanks to you, yes, you, for listening. And final thanks go, as always, to my pals and yours, David, Stu and Tom. Follow us all on Twitter. The handle for the podcast is at CriticalDitto. Stu can be found on at Stu Clark. David is at DJF Leavesley. I am found with AlistairHill91. That's Alistair with an A. And Tom is at BrandyBuns because he's that guy who has a Twitter profile for his Pokemon TTRPG podcast character. Please follow us on Twitter, leave us a review on wherever you find your podcasts, give us a little five-star rating while you're there, why don't you? And join our Discord. Details of how to join the Discord can be found on our Twitter, and there's never been a better time to join it, as extremely, extremely exciting things are happening on that Discord. I don't want to give too much news away now, but more news will come undoubtedly 
at a later date. As mentioned, the Sofloatsals will see you all in a month or two, but we will see you in a couple of weeks' time. And until then, go out there and be the very best, like no one ever was. In other words, just be yourself. You figured right, Strider, because here you are. Did you just drink during the? Did you just are you just making random noise that's just going to appear on the clean? What the hell is going on, man? That was the biggest <laughs> gulp of Pinot Grigio I've ever heard in my entire oh, it life. It was a Sauvignon. <laughs> <laughs>